Hey guys, TJ here. God put it on my heart to talk about money in this season. I think that's interesting because Jesus talks about money often, not because he cares so much about money, but because he cares about the heart. And we're told where your treasure is, your heart will be. And most people, the reality is most people treasure money. Now, I've had a wild story when it comes to money, and we'll dig into some of that in this season. Um, This is, is really about just helping you in your relationship with money, this is not about helping you get rich quick. This is not about helping you um, see the gospel through a prosperity, financial prosperity lens. That's not what this is about. Um, it's not about practical budgeting tips, um, but we're going to be talking about a lot of different things that involve your mindset, uh, your attitude towards money, beliefs that you might have had, and some practicals. Um, you're going to hear from people who share uh, their wisdom. Um, You're going to hear some of the things that have really helped them, and you're going to hear some testimony of just how God has changed people's relationship with money. And I think that all of us can benefit from that, but I think that there's a specific time for us to to be paying attention to this. I think there's uh, a lot of wealth creation happening right now at a very fast pace, and there's not a lot of character as a foundation. Um, So anyway, all of that to say... I hope you get value. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you. And we think about wealth differently. Well, I'm not here to tell you health is wealth, and I'm not here to tell you that wealth is only found in financial inheritance. Uh, I'm here to tell you that wealth actually starts in the heart. And God has shown me that bondage with money is actually a heart issue. And he's shown me that people who have a lot of money, people I've worked with who are young inheritors, people who have actually had access to a lot of money, and people who have had dysfunction in their family, Uh, from a lack of money, and that, frankly, there was some of that for me, that they experience the same bondage, just manifest or express differently. And so I want to help you understand how to think about this differently so that you can be approaching generating uh, wealth for your family generationally through the right foundation, okay? Now, if Jesus had, and I don't remember how many parables, let's call it about half, almost half of the parables he was uh, mentioning money. Was it because he cared about money? Not so much. It was because what? Where your treasure is, your heart will be. Jesus really cares about what? Our heart. And so he cared about money as a function of getting to our heart. And for a lot of people, and I've seen this just being in business and being on calls where really in the industry that I'm in, this is one of the the toughest industries that when it comes to practical business principles, one of the toughest industries as far as like sales go, because people are investing in something um, that would be known as an information product, or uh, there's no clear, like, you know, you have features and it's like, oh, if you invest in this, then you're guaranteed that kind of 3x return on your revenue or whatever it might be. It's not like that for us. A lot of it's revolving around heart issues, uh, mindset. And so when it comes to actually enrollment for phone calls. I've spent thousands of hours on the phone in enrollment calls. It's so funny how you get people to a point where they're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need. This makes so much sense to me. There's so much trust here. All Everything good. I'm like, yep, good fit for us. Good fit for you. Let's talk about what's next. And then money comes up and you wouldn't believe how many people just go. <clears throat> and I understand because I've had my own bondage is the word in terms of my relationship with money. And that was expressed best when I had $100,000 in the bank at 26, 27 years old, and I was in a state of panic with no kids, no financial responsibility. 
no job, no source of income coming in, but really no worries, no need to worry, no need to be in fear. There was just this constant anxiety related to money, whether I had a lot or I had none, because then a year later, I found myself broke and now money was coming in. I was broke, but money was coming in through gifts, unconditional gifts. Somebody had been praying, a good friend of mine was praying after I went broke and they said, hey man, God's really gonna do something in your life and I know you lost all that money in the market, but I'm gonna give you this 15 grand, there's no expectation of anything in return. And while I could receive at that time, when I realized that I wouldn't know how I'm going to make the money to pay him back, in which he said I didn't have to pay him back, I started having a panic attack, like not an actual panic attack, but I was feeling the adrenaline hit in my body. And I was asking myself, oh my gosh, like what's wrong with me? And it was this idea that I, I didn't know how to receive because the issue wasn't necessarily money. The issue was in my heart. And what God showed me later that summer, 2017 now, what he showed me is he said, TJ, I can give you money, but are you willing to receive? In other words, I literally had a check come in the mail from a friend's brother. Him and his wife said, hey, God asked us if we'd send you some money. I was like, wow, that's weird because I actually needed it. Then another check came in the mail, 2,500. This couple that I hardly knew, hey, we're so glad to be a part of your life and how you're using your gifting and what God's calling you to. I was like, well, now it's getting really weird because I didn't ask for money and I'm not a nonprofit. And that was not, I didn't grow up in ministry world. That was not normal for me. And so God was showing me, hey, you don't have to earn everything. Okay. I don't have to earn everything, including what? Well, not just money. Okay. But what about God's love for me? Because here's a good example. I was on the phone with somebody and we had gone through the process of getting into, okay, next step, next step. At the time we had a six week boot camp. Now we have an eight week boot camp. We call it our accelerator, live your legacy. And we had gone through this process and we get to the end and somebody had offered to sponsor them several thousand dollars. Somebody had offered to pay all of it for them. We get to the end. I say, Hey, this is a good fit, man. Really. It's just your decision because somebody's willing to sponsor you. It's a good fit for us. We know that we can help. We think it'd be awesome to work together. And they told me right then and there on the phone, they said, I can't receive that. And I remember thinking, man, if you can't receive several thousand dollars freely, what does that say about the gift that God gave you freely in his love for you and me? Can you receive that? And the answer might be no. If you can't receive several thousand dollars, which is nothing in compared to God's love for us, which has no value monetarily. Right? Think about this. So God showed me, yeah, there's some people who think they have to give everything away to be holy. And there's other people who think that they're, you know, only blessed by me, God, right? Not me, but blessed by me, God, if, if they're making money. And so it's this idea of prosperity, right? And it's like, he told me, and I heard this once, said, the truth is a road and there's a ditch on either side. Here are the ditches. And he said, it's a matter of the heart. That's the issue. Do you know how to receive with a grateful heart, and are you able to give freely 
not from a motivation of trying to be holy, not from a motivation of trying to be blessed to have more money, but from a motivation of understanding that I've given to you freely, TJ, and the love I have for you. Can you give from that place of overflow rather than lack? Can you give from that place of because you've already been given to, you can give freely to others? And he started to show me that through actually receiving and learning how to receive through his provision for me, and financially what that looked like is, you know, I could have sent those checks back and said, no, I don't need your help to the people who sent me those checks in the mail or my friend who wanted to give me that money. No, I don't need your help. Or no, no, I'm going to pay it all back to you. And that's honestly how I felt at different times. And then I learned something really important. Somebody's decision to give me that money was between them and God, not them and me. When they say God asked me to do this, that was between them and God, not them and me. And so once I started to realize that, I was like, wow, I can actually learn how to receive. And I can be grateful to God, not falsely loyal to them. And this is really important because this is where dysfunction happens. You see, it happened in in families. We had somebody who I was working with, and they had essentially been abusing a family dynamic, giving away all their money, and then taking money from their family. And their family, you know, they they were given a lot of money, and they were taking that money from the family and then giving it away to the church. And so, you know, we walked through this whole process of saying, well, what's, let's get to the root of that. What's going on here? And the long and short is they had blamed money for the dysfunction in their family. So guess what? Any money that they had received, they wanted to get rid of. And why not get rid of it in a place where people are going to encourage you to be generous, encourage you to do more of it. Say, wow, you're so bold. I'm so impressed with your generosity. You just want to give so much, do more. Well, guess what? If you're emotionally unhealthy, that's not healthy. God measures the heart. And so what we found is that person actually needed to go through a heart change, a heart transformation. You know what happened? Ended up looking like them saving a lot more while still giving. Ended up looking like them having healthier boundaries around their money. Ends up looking like realizing, okay, this is not my family's money. It's not actually my money. And I even use those words, their money. It's God's money. So what does he want to do with this money? In other words, what's My motivation, my motivation is for God. What does he want to do? And actually, he wanted him to save. He wanted that person to actually go through the process of learning how to steward their wealth well and financial wealth at that, right? And then what happened is they actually saw a lot of breakthrough in their career, getting a bonus for the first time, getting a promotion, changing companies, moving into a position they never thought they'd be in, and and aligned with purpose and heading in the right direction. They total confirmation in a lot of different ways, but it all happened through what? Through health and healing. Specifically in learning how to receive, right? Learning not how to, uh, learning how to stop the reaction that they might have had through the dysfunction as a result of dysfunction in their family as a result of money, which by the way, whether you're given a lot of money or you weren't and you struggled because you didn't have a lot of money, the bondage can look Uh, Although it's expressed differently, the bondage can look the same. And so for me personally, what that looked like as I was thinking about, you know, God, what is this whole thing with you put this on my heart for generational wealth? What does that mean? Well, what that means is he was like, TJ, you got to learn how to receive. You got to learn how to give freely. And you got to understand that inheritance is not just financial. Inheritance starts with the heart. 
Inheritance is what you've received, and you maybe didn't want to receive if you actually knew what you actually received. You received things from your past, maybe dysfunction in ways of thinking, maybe addiction, maybe, uh, you know, maybe it is some kind of curse, generational curse around money. I'm not speaking that over anybody, but I'm speaking from my own story where I actually had uh, at one time there was seven generations, another time it was 14 generations of curse broken off of me. And I'm being delivered from rage. I'm having this whole inner healing impression and counter vision of God taking me through the bloodline of my family and breaking off all these things and seeing a door close and the blood of Jesus pouring over the door and this whole thing. And that was all new to me. And then he's confirming it in scripture and he's confirming it in counseling with a totally unrelated person. And then there's somebody else that is, and he starts showing me, well, hey, TJ, this is real. This is not just a one person, one time thing. This was confirmed by several people, several witnesses and in scripture to me personally. And he was showing me healthy spirituality in spirit and scripture. He was showing me, hey, there's generational cursing. And I want to break that off and start a new generational blessing with you. And it starts with the heart. Generational wealth for you starts with the heart. It's a matter of your heart, learning how to receive the love I've given to you and do it in a grateful heart, right? Understanding that, hey, in my will, you're deserving because you're my son. But guess what? Outside of my will, you're undeserving. Meaning it's like on your own, TJ, yeah, you're not deserving of what I've done for you, right? But because you're my son, you're my adopted son, you are deserving. And I have a personal story of that adoption, being adopted, right? I was undeserving of many of the things, but because I was adopted, the things I got to receive, man, I actually had them, but I never fully received them in my heart because I had so much guilt for receiving them. Think about that. How many kids are adopted and end up with a good life? Well, I don't know the statistics, but I met, I met plenty on the streets, and for me, and for a lot of people, I know that I'm talking about adoption right now, but for a lot of people, you might experience a lot of what this idea is, which is guilt, because you've got people that you're connected to. Maybe it's by your race, your, your gender, by whatever means. And you say, man, it just seems like no matter what I do, we, we can't make any strides to empower that community of people, right? And for me, I felt a lot of guilt around adoption. Survivor's guilt is what it's called. And I felt a lot of that guilt around adoption because why? I didn't know how to receive the gift that God had given me. And instead, I viewed it as this weighty, heavy responsibility rather than an opportunity to live in freedom of what God's done for me. Think about that. And a lot of people who either are given financial wealth or maybe other opportunities, and I speak from the adoption. I know I mentioned a couple other you know, hot button topics, but I'm really talking about the same thing, which is brokenness. You know, brokenness. We have dysfunction in our world. And there's systemic dysfunction, there's dysfunction in families down to the roots, right, individually. And the starting point for restoring generational wealth in a healthy way is in the heart. And that's what God's shown me. So as you think about, you know, addressing your money mindset, I want you to think about what does it look like to receive freely? I want you to think about what does it look like to give from a place of overflow rather than give from a place of lack and need? Because it is the difference. It is the difference when it comes to money. And I've even noticed that in my, in my own life. And I know some of you guys, I just want to touch on a couple things practically with money. Some of you guys might be, by, might be wondering, you're like, well, I'm a good person. I love the Lord. And like, you know, I don't understand. Like, how can all these other people who just make a bunch of money, like they don't even love the Lord or they're good people, but they don't know him. Here's the thing. There are natural laws that God's given us, principles to live by. Okay. You understand the principles of gravity. You understand the principles of lift and drag. You can fly. You don't need to be a good person. You don't need to love the Lord to fly, right? 
But many people who love the Lord don't understand the principles of gravity. They don't understand the principles of lift and drag and all these other things to fly. And so they stay stuck on the ground simply because they're ignoring the natural laws or haven't taken the time to learn or understand them or don't even know that that's a thing to understand. Here's the thing. God is supernatural, but we live in a natural world where supernatural things happen, but the natural world or nature, the scene where things are happening for most people, that needs to be respected. And for something for me that needed to be addressed was the fact that I had learned maybe the natural world way of looking at things, how to make money, all those things. But there was a supernatural way or overlay of looking at those things. And so think about it like looking at the trees, but then putting on some glasses and being like, oh my gosh, everything is so much more clear, right? The natural world or natural way is like being able to understand and see what you have before you. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, there are trees and there's a need for tables. So I can chop down the trees, make tables and sell those. Great. That's natural. But the supernatural way is understanding, wow, God can actually make those trees. God can actually make those tables, but recognizing I live in the natural. And so I need to do what I'm responsible for, which is add value. I need to think of the ways that I uniquely add value and stop operating from a place of lack start getting my heart right, understanding that I've received fully and therefore I can give freely. And I need to then think about the ways naturally that I can create value in the world, even though God can do things supernaturally too. I need to do the natural so he'll have the opportunity to do more of the supernatural. So what that looks like for me is, for example, as I started taking steps of faith, right? As I started taking steps of faith and I had those God glasses on, right? I put those God glasses on saying, okay, God, I went through my whole life not having the glasses on and I learned how to see naturally, but it's not as clear as when I have the God glasses on and I can see things that are happening that maybe other people don't see. And so as I did that, I started to learn, oh my gosh, for example, you can make money without earning. Never thought about that. Never thought about that. In other words, other people sense and see something that God's doing in your life. They want to contribute and sponsor that. I never thought about that. And so living in this place of lack or need, thinking that I have to earn everything, I was striving. And the key is I'm not looking for people to sponsor me, right? I'm not looking for people to give me a handout. All I'm looking to do is just do what I believe God wants me to do. And guess what? He shows up in the craziest ways and provides for me and provides for things that I need in ways beyond that I could even see, beyond I could see right now right? Have a foresight to see. So all I know is that as you start to think about all of these things differently, as you start to allow God to work in your heart, you start to see wealth differently. You start to see opportunity differently. And I know for a lot of you guys, you might be thinking, well, you know, I want to start a business or I want to jump careers or, you know, maybe I'm not making as much as I want to make or, um, you know, maybe I had money actually caused a lot of dysfunction in my family. And we had a lot of it and we still have a lot of it. And it's caused so much disruption. Let me tell you something. It's not going to be fixed. I don't believe it's going to be fixed with the money. It's got to start in the heart, no matter where you are, it's got to start in the heart. And so once you see wealth as a, as a heart issue, and I say issue is a heart opportunity, right? Then you'll be able to start to see some of the change that'll happen externally. And I gave you one example of a story of somebody who had a change in heart and they started to see uh, financial uh, metric success come, right, in different ways and growth. But there's so many other examples of what that can look like because it can change your relationships, 
It can change, um, you know, how you're approaching yourself and how you take care of yourself. And so I want you to be thinking about wealth beyond just financial wealth. And that will truly change your money mindset. As you're kind of exploring this, okay, right? Think about what I'm saying. And as you're exploring this, I just want you to raise your awareness. And this is what I'll leave you with. You know, for me, as I was thinking about the root of a lot of bondage in my life, money was definitely one of the largest strongholds in my life. And bondage is just simply agreement with something that's a lie. And so, and that's my definition. I don't know where, what other people would say, but as I started seeing a lot of the bondage connected to money, I had to really untangle a lot of the agreements that I'd made. And agreements look like thoughts that I come into agreement with. For example, money doesn't grow on trees, okay? Simple example, yes, of course, money doesn't physically grow on trees in the natural, but the idea of what that means. You know, for a lot of people, they think like money cares how hard you work. No, not true. Uh, when you understand the principles of money and how it's about adding value, well, then you start thinking about it differently. Hmm, maybe adding value doesn't look like putting my nose to a grindstone. Interesting. So then I start to see opportunity. Okay, here's another one. I went to Wall Street to learn how, to pe how people make money, who make money and move money think about money. So my intention was to go there to learn about how people who make money and move money think about money. Now that sounds like a good idea in the natural, but then I put my God glasses on and he gave me a new perspective and he said, hey TJ, what do you think you learned when you went to a place like Wall Street to learn about money? And I was like, huh, that's a good question. He was like, yeah, a lot of dysfunctional beliefs about money. He was like, where do you think the most significant expression, the biggest, largest expression of dysfunction with money uh, is, is made seen in the world today. Oh, the financial industry, specifically in Wall Street. Well, that's not complicated. So then I had to become aware of all the beliefs, things that I learned. Now, here's what is really key, is that I didn't need to throw out everything that I learned because there are a lot of principles that work. People who are working on Wall Street make money. Why? Because they're following God's principles. And like we talked about earlier, natural laws, right? You understand gravity, you understand drag, lift, you understand these things, you can fly. And so I had to do some of the untangling and say, hmm, what was a principle of God's design and what was not in God's desire for my motivation? So recognize that the desire to make money is a healthy desire, and when it gets, when it's not fulfilled, it can become twisted, and then that can turn into greed, right? That can, can, can turn into an unhealthy relationship with money. So I want you to know, it's okay to have a healthy desire for money. It's okay to have a desire for money, and it's healthy, just so long as it doesn't remain twisted, right? And so think about that in your life. Just start raising some awareness, and as you're thinking about generational wealth, I want you to think about it differently. Do you know how to receive and give freely? It's a good question to start with.